At the dawn of time, before the age of mortals, before the stars filled the skies, three powerful entities coalesced into being within the deafening void. Together, they would harness the powers of the universe and come to be known as the Prime Deities. The first was Vaniel, the Creator. Through her hand, the realms would be forged, and so too would the beings that would inhabit them. The second was Aragoth, the Eternal Light. Through him, an ever-burning sun would illuminate the realms far and wide. He would give life and energy to every living creature in existence. And then there was Tenebris, the Undying. Through them, a silent darkness would mark the end of natural life for all mortals across the realms. As the realms grew and the prime deities expanded their domain, an ancient evil turned its gaze toward them from beyond the veil of darkness. Together, the prime deities formed the Pantheon, a collection of their most powerful creations to rally against this ancient evil, lest their entire work become undone. For some, it was a chance to prove their loyalty and heart to their creators, but for others, the pride and envy in their hearts made them susceptible to the whispers of these ancient beings, and warped their forms into hideous shapes, forever lost in the madness. A terrible war waged on, taking a terrible toll upon the realms the prime deities worked so hard to create. In a desperate moment of the war, the prime deities performed the ultimate sacrifice and destroyed their physical forms. From their bodies, divine shards exploded outward, holding back the darkness of the void that was mere moments away from destroying the realms with the glimmering shards that would one day come to be known as the stars in the skies above. With their final act, it was up to the Pantheon to protect the natural order, to carry on defending creation, and to find a way to combat the ancient evils, for the stars wouldn't hold forever. Since then, every hundred years, a single star would fall from the heavens to a random world. From the stars, powerful weapons would be forged, and wars would be waged to possess fragments of the prime deities. Several thousand years have passed, and the stars continue to hold. But the immortals who fell subject to the whispers of the Ancient Ones still scheme and plot within their corrupted realms, biding their time to when they can infiltrate the realms of the Pantheon and reclaim the universe for themselves. Our story begins in a small town of Berkshire, within a humble home. As the city begins to awake, Dane begins to toss in his bed, stretching his limbs and rubbing his eyes. Standing at six feet tall, Dane is a human, blue eyes, dirty blonde hair, a warm, pale skin. He stands to greet his fiancée, Narina, a lighter blonde hair, freckles around her green eyes, pale skin human, as there is a sudden knocking at his door. His best friend, Rondon Timbers, a four-foot gnome with long brown hair, slicked back, golden skin and green eyes, a goatee and a mustache appears excitedly holding a letter detailing a contract to seek out a weirwood tree, the payout of which would be 250 quills. Dane accepts as he readies himself to leave. He notices Narina guarding something behind her back, a look of dread splayed on her face. Dane curiously asks her what she's holding, what she's hiding. With enough conviction, she assures him it is nothing as she sends him on his way. They wander through town until they exit the south gate. Suddenly, they spot a sickly green dog. Dane and Rondon cautiously halt as the dog approaches. 
The dog begins to sprint in their direction as they ready their attacks, unknowingly flanked by two more. An arrow is set loose from a nearby tree, sinking into the neck of one of the dogs as it lets out a gurgling screech. A mysterious red-haired woman leaps from the trees as she joins the group. A battle ensues as the dogs are killed one by one. It is now that Dane and Rondon get a good look at who this mysterious woman is. Long red hair standing at 5'5", five five, a shifter with fair skin, freckles, and dark green eyes greets them as she introduces herself as Pip. They only have a moment to catch their breath as a tall, ghostly, bony form reveals itself from behind a tree. A grotesque, hellish skeleton with wings. That's far enough. Meanwhile, Quansang, a human standing at 5'10", fair skin, blue eyes, brown hair with shaved sides, and a, a hair bun atop his head. He carries a quarterstaff, and beside him his trusty steed, Pickles the Mule. As he is walking through town, he overhears the town folk shouting to the guards about a disturbance in the forest. There appear to be demons lurking in the southern border of Berkshire. I'm always late to these parties, Quansang says as he starts down the road, letter in hand. We cut away to darkness. Silent. Comforting. A voice in the darkness bellows. Awaken. A soul is pulled from the void, shapeless without memory. The voice promises him answers, identity. All he must do is reach out and grasp them. He does as commanded, reaching out and taking hold, tightening his grip, feeling a warm liquid beginning to run between his fingers and down his arm. He opens his eyes and sees a limp human form in his grasp. His hand around the throat, he releases. He is standing in an open crate in a small room. His own form, it seems, is within a suit of armor, the human intended to wear. There is a letter addressed to Lord Radrick. He makes his way out of the crate and exits the room, revealing a large buried mansion as he digs his way out and wanders into the forest. Returning to Dane, the demon addresses the group and can recognize the scent of something called the Wild Heart. It taunts the party. The demon will kill the Wild Heart. It is too powerful to be stopped. The party is no match for it. As it says those last words, it flies into the sky, leaving the party in disbelief as they run after it. We cut to a halfling. Three, one, fair skin, blue eyes, blonde hair, Eric Mugweed, making his way through town, he looks up to townsfolk speaking of a demonic presence in the south. Looking to make a name for himself, he accepts a bounty as he hurriedly travels down the evergreen road. He notices he's been walking alongside someone for some time, a human with a pack mule. They begin to talk and they find they hold the same interests as they travel deeper into the forest. As our travelers continue to walk into the forest, they arrive into a clearing. It appears there is a house to be constructed, walls missing wood out on the grass, a project in the making. As they enter the clearing, they notice a strange-looking man with dark plate armor, red glowing eyes shining from his helm, standing at 6'6". He introduces himself as Lord Radrick. Eric and Quansang wonder if this is the demon the town speaks of. The sound of flitting wings fills the air as a sinister form takes the sky. The grotesque form of the devil settles on the ground next to the house, 
as Dane, Rondon, and Pip appear into the clearing from the woods. This should be fun, the demon says as the battle begins. Everyone readies their attacks as they charge at him, but the demon is too strong. It seems as though the group of travelers will lose until from a nearby tree, a squirrel leaps onto the ground surrounded by a magical presence, transforming into a grizzly bear. The fighting continues as the demon says, I found you. The bear swipes two powerful strikes, greatly injuring the demon. The demon retaliates with his tail, sinking deep into its sternum, breaking bones and injecting a powerful poison. The form of the bear falls away, revealing Narina. Filled with rage, Kwanseng cuts a swath of air with his quarterstaff, knocking the demon on his back, and with a final strike, the demon is no more. Dane rushes over to Narina's dying body as he cradles her in his arms. A bright blue light leaving her chest and shooting into the sky. As Dane holds Narina, a blue crystal exits from her chest and travels into Dane's heart. Narina's body then petrifies into wood. Tears begin to fill Dane's eyes as the moon begins to rise and an enchanting melody plays. Red torches begin to appear in the woods and a circus tent suddenly fades into existence. A tall, dark figure, cloaked in shadow, steps out from the tent. His horns curl upwards, his eyes glowing red with large, broad shoulders, introducing himself as Veritas Bloodstriker. Pip knew him as the Troopmaster. He invites everyone inside, but it is much larger. The circus, with many rows of seats, various acrobatic equipment for trapeze artists, and ever-burning red torches that seem to decorate the air. He invites everyone to sit around a table. He reveals that what Dane holds now is an artifact called the Wild Heart. It is a piece of the prime deities that is special. The Wild Heart gives control to aspects of nature. He lets them know that Dane is not the first to wield it, and neither was Narina. Whether he wants it to or not, life as he knows it is now over. Dane will now be hunted for this artifact, and he must know how to defend himself. As for Dane's fiancée, she is not dead. There is a way to restore her, but it will require for Dane to get stronger. Letters were sent to these six travelers by Veritas. It is no coincidence that they all met or fought alongside each other. He believes the circumstances are dire in this age. The stars are falling more and more frequently. The people of the world become savage in their quest for more power. The group of travelers brought here to unite one team. A new age of heroes has come once again. As Veritas leaves them to be alone with their thoughts, he vanishes in a puff of black smoke, leaving them all sitting around a table within the circus. As he leaves, Pip stands and shows everyone to their rooms, as she is no stranger to the circus. Quan Sang fetches pickles as Rondon introduces himself to the party. Dane excuses himself after they have all been shown to their rooms as he makes his way outside. Pip follows from afar in hopes that she will not be seen. Dane stays with Narina, afraid to leave her side as Pip keeps an eye from the shadows. The next morning, the group find themselves walking outside with the circus nowhere to be found. Eric searches the remains of the bone demon and finds a strange symbol welded into the weapon. The group decides to travel back to Dane's home to inspect it. Shortly after arriving, they receive a knock at the door. 
the Redbrook guard seems to be suspicious about something. They begin to question those around as Dane and Eric return from Dane's workshop. Pip begins to get nervous as she dips an arrow into oil and shoots it to the nearby rooftop. As flame engulfs the arrow, she screams, FIRE! from the outside as screams of panic begin to fill the air. The guards turn as they rush off to investigate. Quan Sang's courageous heart springs forth as he pushes past both of them, leaving the party stunned in the doorway. Dane follows suit. Quan Sang bravely enters the home and rescues its resident, an older woman named Doris, who appears to be unconscious. He then jumps onto the roof, using his air-lacing techniques to extinguish the fire. Dane approaches the woman concerned for her well-being, and through some serendipitous magic heals her with his hand. The guards apprehend the party, suspicious of their motives, as they lead them to Lord Mayor Faustus's manor. They are escorted unto the manor and told to wait. Soon after, Lord Mayor Faustus enters the room. He is a large, muscle-built man with slick, greasy hair, a terrible goatee, and a pathetic mustache. He wears frilly clothing and an unflattering round hat. He takes a seat at the far end of the table. He interrogates them demanding to know what has happened in the southern region of Berkshire. But as he continues with his questions, the party denies all claims. Lord Mayor Faustus is skeptical. He claims Dane is always getting his nose where it doesn't belong. What is going on is not the most important thing to him, but if he finds out Dane is involved, he will find ways to make him disappear. They are then escorted out of the manor when a strange vision comes to Dane. The world begins to blur around him as they return to Dane's home. As they discuss their next steps, the group travels to Narina's house to find answers. Dane enters, finding strange objects, as if the house is returning to nature. The rest of the party waits outside as Dane searches the home. They see an older woman approaching the house. She is looking for Narina. She explains that Narina had been helping her. Her niece has been abducted by a green dragon. It is at this point she introduces herself as Wentha. Her niece's name is Aris. She promises coin and information about Narina if the party agrees to help her. It becomes apparent to everyone that a quest is at hand. As they bid farewell to Wentha, they acquire horses and supplies and slip into the night. Deep in the forest, they are met with purple, spider-like monsters that attempt to abduct them into the trees. They are all killed except for one, an intelligent creature who promises them power. Those split the interest of the party, as half wish to hear him out, and the other wishes to kill him instantly. Pip and Quansang work together as the creature is destroyed. As Pip begins to walk away, Radric extends his hand and unleashes a spell at Pip. She resists the magic and turns to face Radric. His eyes are filled with fury. You'll regret that, he says, before disappearing into a plume of billowing smoke. And now I invite you to come join us as we pick up the tale in episode one of The Dark Veil. Vale.